Hey, welcome to Real Talk episode 105. I'm Todd. This is AJ, and we're back. I'm doing finger guns. He's firing away. <laughs> All right. Welcome, guys. We are very, very excited to be here with you today. Last week, I believe, um, we kind of put out there for the for our the pod squad. Pod squad. The book Nook family. Book Nook. I, I just came over, man. That was cool. Uh, you know, the, the, all of you people that have went on this journey with us that are here every each and every week, and we said, what do you guys want to see? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we, we're, we want to always be willing to give everyone what they want. We want this Absolutely. to be beneficial. And guess what? You guys came through in Ooh, spades. Yes. You like that saying? In I don't really, spades. Yeah, I think it's a saying that means you came through really well. Nice. Anyway, I really appreciate that. And we are going to do at least three of the ideas we're mm-hmm. pretty excited about. So uh, we want to get going on that today without wasting too much time. But the gist of it is... Today, and we're, we're going to do it each either, either either every other week or mm-hmm. once a month. We haven't decided yet. Yeah. But the gist of it is, this is Topic Tuesday. Topic Tuesday. Maybe the first of the month, Topic Tuesday, where we are going to be taking on specific topics, not questions, mm-hmm. specific topics, and we're going to talk about them. That's right. And we're going to dive in deep. Then next week... We are going to uh, either next week or the week after. We haven't decided kind of the schedule yet. Mm-hmm. But one of the weeks we will do our normal what's going on in our lives. Kind of catch right. you guys up what's happening with us instead of doing it every week. And then, I love this idea too. So all of you guys that, that gave these ideas and contributed, such such great ideas. Oh, yeah, you guys are awesome. We're going to take questions from the past, present, everything. Put them together and do a theme Tuesday. Oh, so it could be, I don't know, grace, or maybe it'll be mm-hmm. purity, or I, I don't know, it could be anything. And we're going to have all the questions for that week be on one topic, like oh, yeah. one theme. I'm excited, man. So it's am I, really man. awesome. So am I. So I think the whole team is actually pretty pretty excited about this one. Fun oh, yeah. turn. He looks tired today, but he, he nods very, very slowly and truthfully, uh, truthfully, <laughs> truthfully. Uh, emphatically. So we're pretty excited about all this stuff, guys, and... um. Today is an episode that I was really, really excited about until right before we went on. And then I realized that I'm a little nervous about it. It's a big one. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about it because I'll go into that probably during it. So Mm -hmm. today, guys, we're going to talk about really, um, I'm trying to think of Christian scandal. Yeah. Scandals. And we're going to use two guys and two examples that are fairly recent of Christian leaders who for lack of a better word, had a, a, a big fall or a moral failing. Yep. And we have not prepped. I mean, we've prepped some verses and thoughts, yes. but we haven't discussed this. Not really, no. And we, uh, we want to keep that part as real and raw as we can as far as how we do that kind of stuff. But we're inviting you at the table. I'm going to let you guys know right now, there's a chance I'm going to get emotional during one of them. One yes. of these guys, um, I actually viewed as a mentor, even though I never met him, uh, meant a ton to me. AJ can attest this. We listened Absolutely. to a short video. I teared up, cried a little bit just listening to him. Hurts me. Hurts me to even talk about it because of, you know, what that brings up in me and what yep. that's done to his uh, legacy. Hmm. Um, so we'll talk about both of them today and invite you guys into it. And I'll tell you right now, I don't know if we're going to have an answer for you um, fully, but but we're going to kind of wrestle with what we do with this. Hmm. So two big ones. We'll start with Mr. Carl Lentz. You want to you know who he is? Yes. So Carl Lentz, he was the pastor of Hillsong. And for, in New York. Yes, in New York City. So, so Hillsong's a massive, yes, multi-center church. You guys have heard yes. of Hillsong United. They're based in Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all know their music and Christian culture, yes. most of us. 
good stuff. The the songs, a yeah, lot of them are some good. of the leading worship songs that churches sing. Correct. A lot of people have problems with them theologically. We'll get to that later. It's really irrelevant to this. Yeah. But Carl Lentz is the one in New York and was was known for being Bieber's buddy and his that's pastor. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I know that some of the Justin you know, Bieber, that is. That's right. He he baptized Justin Bieber. Um, I know. I also read that he was Basketball. also part of Kevin Durant's. I think he baptized yeah. him in a bathtub, like that, that. Yes. So you know, NBA player Kevin Durant. Um, so he was he was highly involved. Kind of a rock a, star yes, preacher type yes. guy. Yes, he was he was involved in the higher up celeb esque folks. Yeah. So, so um, big deal. Yes. Thousands of people. I think his Instagram page. I can't even. You know what? I have it pulled I was, up. I was going to say. Yeah, we could probably just how many it has. Just so you guys know the reach. I'm sure he's lost mm-hmm. some, but even now to this day. He has, um, well, right now, right now he has 674,000 followers. I do believe at one point he had over a million. Don't take wow. that for, but it, it, big deal. Absolutely. So um, that's kind of who he is and uh, went on Oprah and I think and a mm-hmm. lot of those other types of that's places right. to talk about Christ. And weirdly enough, you and I had, do you remember us talking about him a few times? Of like, oh, yeah. This we've, guy comes we've had on. different and, conversations, yeah. yeah. Um, Youngish, I think he's like thirty-eight, so pretty young. We found out thanks to our good a talk with one of our, I think we can consider him a friend of ours, a pastor friend who said who told me the average age of a pastor right now is sixty. Is sixty years old? That's right. Isn't that wild? Uh, let's so see. He is, I think, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Yeah, I was trying to find out real quick. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> do you, funny enough, his birthday's not on here. Do you want to kind of explain what happened, or do you want me to, as far as what he did? Um. You're probably gonna have more details, but I know I can say that that he was fired mm-hmm. um, on November fourth in twenty twenty because of leadership issues, breaches of trust, plus a recent revelation of moral failures. Yeah, that, that is what is considered him being fired. That's for. a great idea. And let's go ahead and read his own words, guys. He actually posted on Instagram. This was I can tell you the date. Also, we apologize ahead of time if we're looking at our phones a lot because this is just gonna be a de- like yeah, a, we gotta a, yell that this, one time. Yeah, this is a research oriented episode, so we're gonna be looking at our phones a lot. So on November fifth, twenty twenty. Um, we get this. He still has it on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. This is on his personal Instagram picture of family. I'm going to read I'm gonna read selections of it, but it'll let you guys know kind of what he says about his failings. And then yeah. I do know a few more details after. Okay. So he said, our time at Hillsong, New York City has come to an end. This, has been, this is a hard ending to what has been the most amazing, impacting, and special chapter of our lives. Leading this church has been an honor in every sense of the word, and it is impossible to articulate how much we have loved and will always love the amazing people in this church. When you accept the calling of being a pastor, you must live in such a way that honors that mandate, the mandate, that it honors the church and that it honors God. When that does not happen, a change needs to be made and has been made in this case to ensure that standard is upheld. Laura and I and our amazing children have given all that we have to serve and build this church. And over the years, I did not do an adequate job of protecting my own spirit, refilling my own soul and reaching out for the readily available help that is available. When you lead out of an empty place, you make choices that have real and painful consequences. I, oh, sorry, law of course. I was unfaithful in my marriage, the most important relationship in my life, and held accountable for that. This failure is on me and me alone, and I take full responsibility for my actions. I now begin a journey of rebuilding trust with my wife, Laura, and my children, and taking real time to work on and heal my own life and seek out the help that I need. I'm deeply sorry for breaking the trust of many people who we have loved serving and understanding that this news can be very hard and confusing for people to hear and process. I would have liked to say this with my own voice to you in person because you're owed that, but that opportunity I will not have. So to those people, I pray you can forgive me. 
and that over time I can live a life where trust is earned again. To our pastors, Brian and Bobby, thank you for allowing us to lead, allowing us to thrive, and giving us room to have a voice that you've never stifled or tried to silence. Thank you for your grace and kindness, especially in this season, as you've done so much to protect and love us through this. We, the Lens family, don't know what this next chapter will look like, but we will walk in it together, very hopeful and grateful for the grace of God. Hmm. I also know, I think it, it bears um, saying that the church, when they released him, pretty cool. Before we even get into this, mm-hmm. I'm actually pretty impressed. And I actually talked to some of our team about this. So when they did their release, I think it was before this, um, I don't, I should have pulled it up. But I don't want to waste time. Maybe I'll do it while you're, you're talking later. Mm-hmm. But the gist of it is they said, you know, we still love Carl and his family. Yeah, we yeah. want to support them. But this is what we have to do. Um, so I love that. I love Absolutely. that. I love that. Whether or not, before we get into to Mr. Lentz here and our thoughts, I think that was a beautiful way to handle that. They could have thrown him under the bus completely and entirely, mm-hmm. called him names. They didn't do that. They right. said they kept it to the facts and affirmed their love and desire for him to be restored someday. In fact, they said that, mm-hmm. that we hope that someday, you know, he will find restoration. Restoration meaning he's able to be what he was right. somewhere. So that's where we're at, man. So that's yep. that's Carl Lentz. Uh, big deal. Absolutely. You know? um, I do know some details. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's fair to put that out there. I, mm-hmm. You know, I felt really weird about this. And the reason I've never talked about it, I don't even know if I've told you this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times for me, and maybe it's because of things that have happened in my own life, I've, I've always realized that these are real people. And so sometimes I'm like, is it fair to talk about their personal details of their life publicly. Hmm. I really do, man. I struggle with that because we aren't owed that, okay? We aren't owed just because he was a public figure to know every detail of their lives. I went to a counselor one time, a long time ago, Mm -hmm. seven years ago. I had my own failing, right? Uh, Struggle, mess up in life. Yes. Sin, call it what it is. And, you know, I I had a counselor, a Christian, who said, listen, Todd, no one is entitled to the details of your life. Right to the details because I had this sense that I had to tell every single person every single detail that happened. I did. I felt this weird desire like to like weird. that's to try to make up, you know, for stuff. Was it like a weight? Sort of like when I meet you, I'm like, well, I might as well say. And he's like, they, people aren't owed I that. Gotcha. It doesn't make you. You don't have to do that to prove that you're sorry and repent. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why. Here's where I've landed though, because this is so public. In a weird way, I think that we're given an opportunity to lay the facts out for him, and just. Plus, I mean, we don't have a billion people watching, but, you know, we're putting the facts out for people instead of slanting it. Because I know a lot of people are going to slant this story. Yeah. So here's the facts that, that we know to be true. So I shouldn't say that. We do know that he had, he was unfaithful in his marriage. Yeah. Supposedly the woman that he was unfaithful for, the story goes from her lips. She is a Muslim. She was at a park in New mm-hmm. York City. He came up. This is her side of it. Yeah. You guys could... And essentially, he just said, you're very beautiful. They start talking. One thing leads to another. They begin right. to have, you know, talk. they end up having a sexual relationship. Um, in fact, he was, this, this came out because an intern at Hillsong saw an email or something that he had left open on his computer and then told his wife, which pretty cool that he went to the wife instead of everyone else. And then it kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. So she tells a story that they had this passionate connection um, so we can leave it at that. There are details that she claims that I think to me cause more of a problems than others. Okay. I do know that she claims he said things like, 
man, I don't know. I feel like God brought me to you. That kind of stuff is where I end up having a pro a big problem. Yes. Versus, um, we'll get to that. So right. that's, that's the gist of it. He right now, since you asked this right before, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. The last I heard is he went into a uh, center for depression, like right. a living center for a while. And now that I think they're living in California, mm-hmm. he's not in ministry or anything. He's being pretty silent. In fact, the last thing in the social media is that confession. I just told you guys from November 5th or whatever it was, 2020. 2020. Right. Um, and by the way, before anyone says, oh, he's depressed, that, you know, regardless of where he's at, having your entire life shattered is going to mess with you. Absolutely. And I think we can have some sympathy for that regardless of someone's mm-hmm. actions. So, yes. Anyway. So, and I like that you mentioned sympathy because the biggest reason why I would have, why I have sympathy for Carl Lentz is because he confessed. Yeah. He came out and said, I did this. You know, he didn't deny he didn't sit there and try to deny the fact that he made these mistakes, you know. And so I can I can take the situation and look at it and go, who am I to go, that guy deserves it, the the backlash and all this, when he was willing to step out and say, yeah, I did this, and I own it. Let me make the argument from the people out there that are watching right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And I just want to know if it changes your mind. Yeah. What if they tell you he only confessed because he got caught on the computer, and he's only putting the statement out because the church was going to put a statement out anyway. Yeah. I'm not saying that's true. Right. I'm saying there's people out there that would say that. Oh, absolutely. There's does that... Now, here's, I think, the question. If that's... Let's say that's even true. Mm-hmm. Does it still matter that he was willing to put it out there and not... Like, does that change your view? Why no. not? Because I know I've done the same thing. As far as? I probably wouldn't have told people things I, that I've oh. done. <laughs> Because, I want to make yeah. sure people know you didn't run off with a Muslim woman. Oh, yeah. you know how people are. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys. Yeah. Right here on Real Talk. <laughs> so, no, it's because, I. again, it's because I've done that. You know, I can look at my own life and go, I know for a fact that there's been times where I've done stupid things. Yeah. And I would have never told anybody, and, and but I was caught. Sure. Sure. Yeah, so. And I know that in my heart, I, tr- I was still truly sorry. I know that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can't look at Carl Lentz. I, you know, I don't know his heart, but I do know that he was one to still go out there and do it. He didn't have to, but he did. Uh, another thing to point out is this is also reflected in an actual story in the Bible. Look at King David. That's literally what happened with King David. That's King fair. David wasn't as far as him getting anybody. caught. Yeah. yeah, he got caught, and it's the response in that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. yeah we talked what, about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's the that's good. The difference between Saul and David. The so repentance. Yeah, David was caught. So was Saul. Saul was caught too. But David responded in, I'm sorry. I, I see the error of my ways. I must now go and repent and do these things. And, and you see that a lot. And it's very interesting. No, I think, I think that's a great point to bring up is, is that connection. So continue. Sorry. So what do you do? What makes you sad about this? Um, excuse me. What, what makes you, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, Just for all of us, I guess. It makes me, well, first off, it makes me sad because clearly you never want to see, you know, a guy, whenever you have as much influence as a guy like Carl Lentz has, it's hard to see them take a kind of, this kind of stumble. That's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard because you know that's going to affect people. You know that. Oh, you know? absolutely. And the higher the platform, the bigger the ripples. Right? Absolutely. You know, the ripple effect is much larger. So you know that that, that sucks. Um, and as far as, I, and I feel bad for him. Because I know that in this life, you know, you're, you're going to make mistakes. And sometimes when you're, when you're in the position you're in, the pressure is to be perfect. Because, you know, you can't afford to, to mess up. And he did. But the thing is, is he was bound to at some point. 
you know, we're all, we all have. See, that's dangerous though. But do you think he's bound to may have made that mistake? Because there are a lot of pastors out there that don't. Mm-hmm. That's right? true. There's a lot of pastors out there that never have a never have an issue with their wife. They're never unfaithful. Yeah. All those kinds of things. I think everyone's bound to make a mistake. It's just all the everyone's bound to make different ones, and sure. that was his. So, okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we'll, and I think, and again, I haven't given my and thoughts. As, and as far as platform goes, I also just want to bring up the fact, like you said, like he has like six hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Hillsong also has two point eight million. On their Instagram, so I mean, it's it's a really big platform that he was a part of. You know, very you know a lot of influence there. So, yeah. Um, so, okay. So you feel that way. Mm-hmm. So you're you. What's I guess what's your overall thought then? Because um, I want to paint a different picture that some of the people out there are going to think. Okay, because right. I already know it. I know, uh, or maybe people out in the world. Maybe not our. Maybe not our viewers, right. but people out there. And our listeners, <clears throat> because I want us to, I want us to look at this whole thing, man. There, there right. are multiple avenues to this. I understand the viewpoints of others. So, right. but before I do that, Earl, also, I want to make this clear because we're going to go into this. So you said, Hey, made a mistake. I, um, but I do want to say, um, you know, Hey, they make a lot of sins or they're all going to sin in some way, but this is interesting. This is in first Corinthians chapter six, verses 18 through 20. Mm-hmm. Paul says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Mm -hmm. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Mm -hmm. There is some sort of... We have to look at things from the whole of Scripture, right? So we certainly know that one sin does not is not like worse than the other in the sense of separating you from Christ. They all sin separate you from God, right? Except for Christ. But there is sexual immorality is put in a category for some reason of every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual more person sins is his own body. And then they make this comparison. They say, do you know that your body is a temple, of the Holy spirit within you, whom you have from God. Now, specifically Paul's talking about this because in, in Corinth, there was a temple, huge temple to the goddess of, Essentially, love, lust, etc. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in this in this culture, in the Roman culture, part of the worship of this goddess is you go sleep with the temple prostitutes, right? That's honoring. And, and what was happening is some of these people had come from this culture, got saved, and were still periodically going and doing that. Mm-hmm. And he was telling them, "Quit it! You can't do that anymore. Your body is now a temple." And then he even makes a comparison: you can't unite yourself with a prostitute, right? Become one flesh because you are holy and they are not. Right, mm-hmm. like in the sense of Christ. So, like you, you can't do that. Now, only reason I say that is what do you? That's going to be some of the arguments they're going to make. Right, and we're going to talk about in a second too. This is a huge topic, guys. So bear with us as we're learning how to do this. Right. We'll also talk about that Paul does give us the qualifications for an overseer, elder. Our common words today are pastor. Though mm-hmm. pastor, I've always struggled with because it's more of a gift than a than a role. But in our modern church, it's kind of become a role. Right. There are qualifications um, to be that. And we'll get to that in a minute as far as disqualified, right? The big word. Because a lot of people are going to say, is Carl Lentz disqualified from ever being in ministry again? Mm-hmm. And who determines that and how do we determine it? So I'm sorry, guys, for that ramble, but I do want to say I know what you meant. Yeah. But in case the people out there, we certainly recognize that sexual sin, though no worse in the grand scheme of things as far as separation from God, True. it, it is... 
there is a point to be made that it's a very the ripples i think is the point here of sexual it's sin bigger. Are much bigger yeah yeah yes i do think that the ripples of this are much bigger than than other things um but as far as i know you already kind of brought up the idea of disqualification you know i don't even a part of like what their statement, right? You said they mentioned, you know, Hillsong came out with a statement that said, you know, well, we hope, you know, we love, we love Carl and we hope that, you know, one day, you know, he can be restored. My question, I guess, is what, what, what is the qualifications for being restored? This is a great question. Because to, to me, I go, what do you want the man to do? That's my question. <clears throat> do, right. you, do you want him to take a course? Like, what is it? You know, like, because, because here's what, here's, here's what I go to. I go, okay. So you're telling me that, this guy, and this is for the people who think that this guy, is, he is disqualified and he can never be in ministry again. Because then I'm going to ask you, have you ever lied? Okay, so then are you telling me that since you've lied, no one should ever trust you again? So then if no one can ever trust you again, should you just go live in your house and just never talk to anybody ever again and just wait till you die? <laughs> so then their argument's going to be, okay, what if he does it again? Right. What if he, what if, uh, I'm, again, I'm, you know my thoughts, but I'm going to yeah. come around. I'm going to make the other argument. Uh-huh. So what if he is... How do we know he's not a predator? How do we know he he's only being so, saying he's sorry because he got caught and mm-hmm. there's no how do we know? And shouldn't if he's truly repentant, shouldn't he never want to preach again and be a pastor again? Here's where I stand with that. Why are you so concerned that he is a predator? Why are you not more concerned with the fact that at the end of the day he repented? He repented. Now we need to walk this out with him. You're, you're concerned with this thing that is, is he a predator? Did he only do it because he, he was caught? Did he do this? Did he do da, 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 Things that you may never know. You well, are not God. You do not have the ability to see into his mind. You have to not only, for one, we're called to walk it out with him at that point. For two, you trust God. If God doesn't want him to preach, he will not preach for one. And, and that may sound a little bit crazy. Here's the thing. This is what I believe. God is sovereign. He will take care of the... If he is a predator, he will take care of it. You are so focused on this predator thing and this thing all these people are, and I think we see that today. I think sometimes we can fall into that thing. But you're so focused on that or if he did it out of the right motives or if he did it out of this, you need to just focus on the fact that he did it and then we can move past that. Then we can move through that. Then we can walk through that. Yes, I think a big part is just not knowing the heart. Like, you're not going to know his heart. You know, that's true. Like, so then how do we know? Um, tell me a situation where you would say, this guy is not repentant. Surely it should not. What does that look like? Um, repeated, repeated offenses, I suppose. Okay, so now we get, this gets interesting. Mm-hmm. So repeated offenses. So then, mm-hmm. so we let him come back in, and if he does it again, then we really know. Well, how many times? So... This, these are the questions oh, that yeah, people are asking. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say it's it's repeated offenses without any desire to be better. You know. So how do you know if he had a desire to be better? In this specific situation, you have to trust the people around him. Okay, that's fair. I think I think probably, I think that's probably fair. not going to have the relationship that those people are going to have with him. So you're going to have to you have to put your trust in the people around him who are Christians. That if they're out and if they're saying yes, he is. He is truly sorry for this, and he is and he is working through this to get back to where he was. Then you got to trust that. Um, yeah, I I love this. I love yeah. this talk. It may seem all over the place. I hope it doesn't. I hope you guys are tra- you know mm-hmm. tracking with us. But I do want to read 
I do want to make a, a statement that's very blunt. You know, guys, it does not matter <clears throat> the sin. This is the truth, okay? Um, God's desire for his people is always restoration. Mm -hmm. God's desire is always truth, healing. God's desire is always when a, when a believer falls that he would be fully, he, truly healed and restored and, and brought back, okay? Now, how do I know this? Well, Galatians 6, 1, one of my favorite, one of the most powerful verses in me in Scripture, you know we talk about a lot here at the Remnant, is Galatians mm -hmm. 6, 2. But Galatians 6, 1 is really powerful, too. And I want you to consider it in relation to Galatians 6, 2. So Galatians 6, 1 says, Brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, what's another word for wrongdoing? Sin. Sin. You who are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit, Watching out for yourselves so that you will so you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. This is verse two. In this mm -hmm. way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Verse three. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he is deceiving himself. He deceives himself. Hmm. But each person should examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting to himself alone. But brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourself so you won't be tempted. Why would he? Why would Paul tell the church in Galatia this? Okay, and also in this fascinating, he says because a lot of times we have this tendency. You guys don't know this yet. I do. There's a huge difference to people whether someone confesses it without mm -hmm. being caught. For some reason, that's a huge sign to most people that the person really meant it. And I think that's valid to a degree. There's, yeah, there's validity to that. But Clint also mentioned King David, right? And he did not confess mm -hmm. it right away. And also, this verse says if someone is caught. Implying, did they say it themselves? I don't know. Sometimes we start to add. The reason I ask what would make it is sometimes I can tell you some things people would say mm -hmm. if he was sincere. Did he confess it on his own or did he get caught? That was brought up to me a long time ago. Did he bring it up himself or did he get caught? Okay. Well, the, even if he did get caught, this says right here that the goal should be to restore him. A lot Absolutely. of times I feel like in the church today, we, we believe when a pastor has a feeling, typically a pastor or a leader, it is they're gone. Yep. They're, they're kicked out. Um, and it, that's the part that I have trouble with. Okay. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. I think it's, this is good to bring up because you mentioned restoring and I wanted to bring up why we talk about that because, you know, Paul says that the Bible says that we should desire to restore our brother. And this is beautiful with a gentle, right? With a gentle touch, with a gentle spirit in yes. gentleness, Absolutely. kindness. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, what is it? With a gentle spirit. Yep. Man, that's beautiful. With a gentle spirit. That's that he, right. Do you think most of the time that when something like this happens, the church responds to the sin with a gentle spirit? Heck no. No. <clears throat> what does a gentle spirit look like, you think? A loving embrace, a, a gentle... Uh, it, here's the thing. You don't what cast them away. What does the word gentle mean? It, it means light, nice, even just like a, okay, let's walk this out with you. Instead, we, we tend to come in with sword and axe and chop it down and go through it. So what... Destroy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, and I, I love that you said that. So going back to... You said... How do we know? You said if he's repeated defenses... Mm -hmm. Hey, man, you're chomping your nails. They're going to hear that. Yeah, my bad guy, sorry. <laughs> that was a loud one. It was a loud one. <laughs> you anxious, I almost, buddy? I almost did it again. Because it's because I see one hanging down, and I just want to get it. I just got to leave it, leave it be. <laughs> <laughs> Let's back up. What's our point in discussing this? Listen, bottom line is Carl Lentz was in an incredible position to influence culture. Mm -hmm. 
um, I think the questions we have to ask ourselves are, how does this happen? Or one, is it possible for a true believer to do something like this? Mm -hmm. Two, if it does, what's our response? Three, how does it happen? If we say that it can happen to a believer, how does it happen to someone who has the Holy Spirit? How do they fall to that degree? Mm -hmm. And then number four is, I'd say, why are we so afraid of, of the idea of him being restored? There's, there's such a fear and a leeriness. Um, and, and honestly, we could, there's a ton of, this could be a several-week thing, because I'm already thinking of another guy that just came to mind, happened a few years ago. Um, but I, th I think we need to wrestle with those kinds of things. And I think yeah. sometimes as Christians, we tend to do one of two things. We either go fake, false, Look at this mm -hmm. false prophet, false teacher. Immediately, yeah, uh, he's a false teacher because he did this. That, mm -hmm. That's what I have a problem with. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's kind of what Fun Turn brought up. Clint, you know, he he said he brought up David. You know, David was doing all these things and he was caught and he didn't make excuses. Didn't, yeah, yeah. If, as a matter of fact, he said, "What have I done?" Like mm -hmm. he was willing to look at himself and go, "Wow, I have, I have messed up." You know, it's and that's it's what, what we've always said. It's always what is what is your response to the sin you've committed? I think that's not, the key. Yes, I think we have to. I asked you earlier, how do we know the difference? If someone's repentant. And what I've learned over the years, and what I think is 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 biblical, is it's not the nature of the sin. I believe, um, you know, the Bible says as well that he who says he's without sin is a liar. Meaning. And there's a warning even in Galatians there that's like, hey, you need to be careful that mm -hmm. you don't fall into the same thing that you're kind of walking your brother out. Right. I think the difference, and we want a quick answer. See, that's the thing. We always want a quick answer of whether or not someone's repentant. I don't believe that's our job. Our job is to seek restoration for that person, to love them, to get them healing. And the, the genuineness of their repentance mm -hmm. will be shown as they walk it out. It will be shown in the response. See, you could take everyone. A lot of times the, the fear here is someone caught who's a false prophet, false, and a person who isn't. They look the same at the beginning. I'm <laughs> sorry. Mm -hmm. Typically. What's going to happen is what happens after that? What happens in week two, three? See, people are like, I'm willing to walk it out. And what I've learned over the years in specific situations is eventually the person that truly isn't repenting gets angry mm -hmm. and stops the process. Yeah, and they walk away. So... Man, I just I feel like our first response should never be to immediately call someone. I just don't get the point in that. What right. truthfully, and and I'm not saying I, I'm willing to to say maybe there's something I'm missing, mm. but I don't understand what the purpose would be in doing that. And it's almost like we have this fear that if we don't immediately call them false, tell them get rid of them, is that we are we are saying we're okay with what they did. We're minimizing the sin. Listen, bottom line is this guy sinned. This guy, without Christ, in Old Testament times, would have been dragged out and stoned to death, right? Like this is the thoughts here. Mm -hmm. That's how serious it is. It is worth death. He destroyed, he, he damaged his family. He damaged this other woman. He, he, he damaged a woman. And we'll talk about the false side. And I'll tell you some of my concerns. He damaged a woman who's not even a believer in Christ in her view of Christ, okay, and clearly damaged the view of the casual person who just knew him as Justin Bieber's religious guy, mm -hmm. and now is going to go there it goes again because that's what they already think, right? They're a bunch. They're a bunch of fake people. Yep. So clearly, the sin was serious. 
Okay. Absolutely. But good golly. Now let's look at the other side. The shame. You got a million followers. It's cool when you're on the top, but that's a million people looking at you when you've fallen on the bottom too. Yep. Your your marriage, from what I understand, his wife has stayed with him, which God bless her. Beautiful pictures that's, of that's that. Beautiful. Um you uh, you know, his his relationship with his wife's clearly damaged. His finances, I'm sure, are damaged. It doesn't matter how much we'll get to that too in a minute, because mm-hmm. there's some of that. His kids. He has kids, mm-hmm. okay? I think what you said earlier, man, like, let, let's not act like this guy hasn't had some consequences to a sin already. Because he absolutely has. Why do we want to add more? Absolutely. You know, it, what came to my mind when you were talking about this was I was thinking about, you know, what God God tells us. He tells us to not worry about vengeance because vengeance is mine. Mm. Justice, all these things. Good. We are so quick to crack the whip mm. of, of justice when God says, let me handle that. Love people. <clears throat> not loving him by going, false. You're you're a false prophet teacher. Yeah, what's the purpose in there that? There isn't any. Also, yeah, it, I, I truly don't understand that. I Okay, so I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a decision based on fear. Okay? I think that it's a decision saying, I'm afraid that he is a wolf. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before. Guys, this is my view. This came to me a few months ago. I think we are... We are so afraid of a wolf in sheep's clothing that we're willing to throw out sheep. Mm-hmm. We'd rather throw out sheep than take a chance on a wolf. That's and right. I think that when I look at Matthew, I believe, 23, when God talks about Matthew 25, maybe 25, I think, when he talks about separating the goats and the sheep, mm-hmm. the idea is they're going to be mixed together to the end and it'll be God It'll be Jesus who separates and says, you yes. are sheep and you are goats. Absolutely. Not our job to do that. Uh-huh. Um, that does not mean that we would like, for instance, Carl Lentz does that. And we're like, oh, keep going, man. Like, mm-hmm. um, Because the reason that is, is because it's not, it shouldn't be just to punish Carl and to say that he is a false teacher. It should be to heal him. Absolutely. And of course, there, there, is, there is a side of this. It's like, okay, we need to find out if this guy is. Like, is, you know, yeah, we want to protect the congregation, um, but also it's for his good. You know, it's not good for him to live like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gosh, man. So, you know, and I think it bears, it bears saying, in case someone out there is wondering, we mm-hmm. brought this up. Okay, there is qualifications before we start talking about disqualified. Mm-hmm. There are qualifications to being an elder, an overseer in the Bible. Right. And what that means is an elder and overseer, you might as well call it a, a pastor nowadays. So Paul is teaching Timothy. Mm-hmm. He has set Timothy up to set up a church. He went with him, left Timothy there, and now Timothy's trying to deal with these people mm-hmm. who have no concept of what it is to live with Christ and how he should set it up. So then Paul tells him this. This is uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3. Okay. This saying is trustworthy. You guys can just substitute for our benefit the word pastor, I guess, for a time. Okay, We won't get into it. For overseer. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he desires a noble work. An overseer, therefore, must be above reproach. Right there, they're going to say that he messed up. He's no longer above reproach. Reproach means, hey, that guy's character is so solid, he doesn't even have anything you can say about him. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, The husband of one wife. Mm-hmm. Okay, Why does it say that? Well, clearly, guys, it's not just taught. Certainly, it's, it's, we know that to mean you're not committing adultery. In general, you shouldn't do that. The Bible says for any believer. Right. But also during this t- time, people understand there were literal people in this Early church had had another wife. Right, they had multiple. Right? <laughs> because they, 
And that's not the way of the Bible, right? <laughs> God, that was not God's plan. God did not give Adam Eve and Jane, right? He gave her one yep. Eve. Anyway, an overseer, therefore, must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, self-controlled. Okay, he already probably showed he didn't have self-control. Mm-hmm. Sensible, wasn't being sensible. Respectable. Can you say that was respectable? Probably not. Hospitable, we don't know. An able teacher. We'll go ahead and say yes for the time being. I mean, I get into, there's some thoughts I have on that theology. We're using him as a symbol, guys. We're not saying we even agree that he was teaching. I don't know enough about his teaching. We're just yeah. talking about in general. Not addicted to wine. Don't know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a bully, but gentle. Not quarrelsome. Not greedy. One who manages his own household competently, having his children under control with all dignity. If anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take, how will he take care of God's church? He must not be a new convert, or he might be become become conceited and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Furthermore, he must have a good reputation among outsiders. Mm-hmm. So that he does not fall into disgrace in the devil's trap. So clearly we know that if we, we, we look at from what we know of this situation and compare it to Paul's qualifications for being a pastor, we see immediately why. Okay, he's certainly, for the time being, I think we can all agree for the time being, he has shown himself to be failing in these areas. I think the question is, is that forever? And, and is it possible for him to, does, does, does it fail? And I don't, and I'm not, I think this is the big question we have to ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if someone, so let's say we have a, uh, my thoughts are all over the place. <laughs> so I think we have to say, that's what we're comparing it to. And that's what yeah. people are going to say. They're going to tell you that that's a, a checklist. And once one of them has failed, he's done. Right? Yeah. Which um, I don't believe is true. Because let's be honest. Have my assumption is, and maybe not, I don't know, maybe he will, maybe he thinks he is, and certainly maybe God has this qualified. I don't know, It'll, you know, the proof will be in the pudding eventually um, of whether or not he's a true believer. But let's, yeah. <clears throat> if he does come back in any church, whether this year, next year, in any capacity, he's going mm-hmm. to be, there's going to be voices in the crowd telling him that he's false, he's disqualified, he shouldn't be able to do it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we know that. <clears throat> so the question is, whether it's Mr. Lentz or whether it's someone else, when a, when a pastor has one of these kind of failings, is he forever disqualified from serving in that role in the church again? I, that's, that's the question. Mm-hmm. I think that it's all about the response to his sin, man. That's a, I have to go back to that because I look at the guys in the Bible who led the church. Peter was the rock of the church, and they all sinned, and they all repented of what they have done, and God still honored that yeah. and, let the, and, and allowed them to be a part of that. And so I don't see why that would change now. So, you know, if if Carl was out here, you know, claiming, you know, I didn't do this, all this stuff, you know, and, you know, his lifestyle didn't change and you could see these cracks starting to form, you know, and, and it was coming out, you know, I think there, you know, there'd be some repercussions as far as him. Because then clearly, like you said, he might be showing himself tonight and be a believer, and clearly, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you shouldn't be preaching his word. <laughs> Preach. I mean, so, you know, <clears throat> and to me, to me, that, that there it is. You know, I think that, you know, with what, what Paul told us in the, in the scripture there, you know, I think, yes, those are good things to have. And I think those are things that are not always going to be upheld. But are they willing to repent from and keep going? Yeah, because because th- to me the difference between someone who is standing up there preaching and someone in the crowd is the person more than likely that person in the crowd they've committed sin absolutely they have we know we all have but they're not willing to repent from it to the point of what a, someone up there is and their argument is well I'm not an overseer which by the way 
just because someone's a pastor does not mean he's not under the umbrella of what God has said about all Christians and all followers. I will never let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's <clears throat> clearly we know in Rome. We'll get to that because I think that one will be better to bring up later. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, before we even decide what the church's response is, let me, I think you bring up a great point, and I think it leads to this: How does God view Carl as his kid? As his <clears throat> what does Carl? <clears throat> what does God want for him? Regardless, more than anything else. He wants him to feel loved. He wants him to feel restored. He, want, he, I mean, he, wants, he wants reconciliation. He wants, he wants restoration. He always wants to bring his kid back to him. Yes. And all, here, every, every single time. But more than anything, he wants to save him, right? Like, yes. if he isn't, if, 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 Car, if Mr. Lentz is not saved, mm-hmm. okay, and we don't know that, mm-hmm. why would we assume he's not? Because he's had this family. But, but I always want to start at the base level. He wants to restore him to himself. That's right. Let's say he was false. Mm-hmm. Is <clears throat> is throwing him to the side, calling him names, mm-hmm. attacking him, turning their back on him. Is that does that further God's desire to reconcile him to Himself for Him to accept the gospel? No. Our first, if you truly believe, if you were no. in there and you truly believe this guy is a false teacher, then you have to start by going, oh "My gosh, he doesn't know Jesus," mm-hmm. and you need to sit down with him and say. Tell him that, like the gospel, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. one of those people, and we don't know this guy, no. But but also, I think you made a good point, guys. You have got to understand out there. You have to accept. We have to accept as believers that Christians are capable of doing stupid, terrible things. Christians are capable of adultery. Christians are capable of any sin that's in the Bible. A Christian is capable of doing if they don't take if they take their eyes off of Jesus. They don't know what God said. Don't do what He said aren't in community, aren't in the word, we, we have got to stop mixing all this stuff up. Because when we start saying someone is not, and I know they're not saying necessarily he's not a Christian, they call him, but a false teacher is not a Christian, it's what you said. Yeah. That's why I'm really hesitant to say that. Absolutely. To me, a false That's teacher a is someone accusation. who is teaching false teachings, teaching things that are not the gospel. Mm-hmm. So how many pastors out there, going back to the qualifications, are uh, angry and hateful? I know some right now. Yes. I know some that are bullies. We don't tell them they're disqualified. Maybe we should. Maybe that's what people would say. So I think overall, everything you said is true. Here's what I, I think in the church today. We are so afraid. We, we have had false... Guys, bottom line is there are, there are wolves out there. Absolutely. There are false teachers. But, but I think it shows itself in their teaching, right, truthfully. Mm-hmm. And it shows itself in their response to sin. Mm-hmm. Um. But we cannot let fear dictate how we treat someone because the bottom line is then we're saying that the Holy Spirit is not capable of ending up discerning, right? Yes. And you said it earlier, the people around him, we have to assume if they are believers too, that they have the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And that they'll they'll have discernment on how to deal with this. Mm -hmm. There's not a blanket thing that we can do that applies to every, two people can do the same thing and it looks different in how it Mm -hmm. ends up playing out. Right, based on the person, does that make sense? There's no cookie cutter way to handle this, right? Because these no. are people, exactly. I don't know, man. So, <clears throat> um, now there are other things, guys. There are other accusations before anyone says that we're not saying we're naming everything, and we're not even necessarily defending him. We don't, I don't know him, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you this I think that brings up another point. If I don't know someone and I don't know enough about his teaching, because that's a whole different issue, right. I actually believe. That someone's teaching, and I'm going to go online 
right now and say it. I have, I am much more concerned with someone preaching a false gospel than I am with someone's in a moment moral failing in the short term, right? Like I would take that just as seriously. So let's say that Carl Lentz preached this weird, subtle thing where he's not talking about Jesus or he's not, pre, you know, whatever, something anti-biblical. That to me, mm-hmm. and he never did anything else. That's more serious for disqualification than anything else, right? Absolutely. Um, so our point here is saying we don't know the guy, but since we don't know him, our our desire should be for his restoration, should be for his healing. We should want his marriage to be stronger. We should want a testimony of God's grace, mercy, and change to come Amen. out of this. Yes. I want to hear someday about Carl Lentz. My desire for my brother, if he knows Jesus, and I have no reason not to believe he didn't, this does not tell this does not prove to me he doesn't love Jesus. I want to see him come out of this with a testimony that's going to show people this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the rest of you fall into it. That's what I want to see. And that's my hope and desire. I don't want to cast him out because I sure as heck don't want to stand before my God, my King, my Father, and be telling him, if he is a believer, that I spent my life condemning his other son. Yep. Because that's not okay either. That's so good, dude, because that that was what I was going to say is as believers in Jesus Christ, we are direct image bearers of God. And the fact that you want to sit here and, and immediately point your finger and say false teacher when you're claiming to follow God who leaves the 99 to go find the one, but you're going to sit here and throw out all these other sheep because you're scared of a wolf is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And listen, we understand the hurt, man. I, I want to be, because I've heard the other side, well, hey, you know, we got to be loving to this woman. That's true. Like, she was hurt, man. Sure. You know, she was hurt. What he did hurt her, hurt his wife. Mm-hmm. We want to be understanding that. And if we had, if he had just stayed in his position, that doesn't help her. It doesn't make her feel loved. And so I understand that. Um, you know, and again, we're not even necessarily... In fact, guys, I don't know a lot about Hillsong. I know there's some things they say and don't say that concern me theologically. Mm-hmm. Anybody that knows me, that's the thing, man. People think here that because of the way I look or the way I come across that my, my theology is not conservative, meaning it's conservative because it's biblical, like mm-hmm. the Bible says it. But, um, you know, I think they handled it pretty well from what, from outside. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the culture of Hillsong in general is now kind of under attack. I don't know if you guys have known that. That's a whole different topic. But, For like, shadiness and, and, of course, finding. And that's the other thing that happens is now that he fell, it's, it's made that entire church look bad. And that's mm-hmm. a serious thing. Um, but, boy, I'll tell you what. I liked their letter where they said, we want to see him restored someday. And Which is I, awesome. And I his, the only thing that gave me a little pause in his, his, and I didn't even tell you guys this, his apology, mm-hmm. and this is something I had to learn <clears throat> in myself, and I'll use it, is sometimes you, you got to, but this could just be a mistake in his part. You got to be careful not to start with the excuse. Right, so the he's, the start is I was in an empty place and I wasn't refilling and blah 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 and I did this. Mm-hmm. That always worries me a little because I I'm not sure that's beneficial. Right, I think it's better to start with this is what I did, take ownership of that yeah. because even if that's true, you still had a choice. And one of the things I used to tell people about my own life and my own failings is, bottom line. The only detail you need to really know is I sinned. If yep. you want to know more than that, you want to really ask me, well, what happened? Help me see your point. I'll tell you. But I think you guys even know that. Most of the time I stick with in my own life what I've learned um, 
years ago through counseling and and being held uh being home trying to be humble enough to submit to the church authorities and all that kind of stuff is when you start out that way you're almost placing blame somewhere else instead of taking ownership of that mm-hmm. and i know that that god that true healing comes when you accept that bottom line is you made a choice um and owning that and saying it was the wrong choice. Yeah, there were things that happened. And that's important. It's good to know why you did what you did, right? So that you can avoid it in the future. But starting with it sometimes can come across as, I'm a victim. Ah, I see what you're saying. Right? And mm-hmm. I think that's what I would have told him if he was my brother. Mm-hmm. I was, he is, and if he's in Christ. But if I was sitting there and said, Carl, man, like, I think it's good you want to tell people that as, as a lesson. But let's add that at the end. Right. Let's let's bring that up at the end because you don't want to ever come across as though you're a victim. That's good. I'm a victim too. I worked too much. I was asked too much. And um, but that's humanness, man. And like that's sometimes you you don't learn that until you do something like that. Right. Because I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. We've got to accept that that boy. We're all capable of doing a lot of things. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but I'll tell you what. There's also the thing I learned two years ago is sometimes <clears throat> you don't realize the ripples that your decisions have on others. And that, that's no matter who you are, right? So let's, my point is, let's say you're single and you commit sexual sin. Well, you've hurt, you have ripples still. It Absolutely. hurts the other person. It you hurts you. Yep. Okay, now you're in a serious committed relationship. The ripples are bigger, right? You've hurt, you've deeply hurt the trust in this person and you've hurt the other person. Now you're married. Now the ripples are even bigger, right? Now your testimony is, okay, now you are a deacon. You're a leader of a ministry. The ripples are bigger. Now you're the, lead, you're the, past, the, head, the associate pastor of a church. The ripples are bigger. Now you're the head pastor of a church. The ripples are even bigger. You've got to understand. One of the things that took me a long time to understand is sometimes you think your sin only affects you, mm. right? And that's why you, you can get lied like, oh, I'm the one that's miserable. No, man, your sin breaks and hurts other people. Absolutely. And that damage matters. Does that make sense? Am I rambling here? I'm just trying to like no, really come good. across like this. That. So like I don't want to make light in what he did, and I'm not saying that, but I but I love what you said, man. And and Clint too. You know, we are all in trouble. Yes. If there's only a one strike and you're out, two strike you're out, three strike you're out. And be very careful. You know, sometimes people say, Todd, you want to you want to minimize sexual sin. You no, I don't. The reason I always bring up sexual sin and adul- sin and adultery is I want to mess with your head. I'm not minimizing that sin. I'm maximizing yours. I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand that, <clears throat> you know, Jesus said, take the plank out of your own eye before you look at the speck. Absolutely, he says that I'm allowed to tell you, but you better sure as heck make sure you are aware of the fact that without Christ, you, you too are doomed to hell. That's right. You too are doomed to be cast out. So I'm never trying to minimize that. My goodness, guys, if you know my story, my life has been injured, not even for myself, from people I love, of when people in my life that were important to my family made decisions of choosing others over their spouse that affected me to this day. But I will never stop telling you, be very careful that you don't create hierarchies of sin. Because most of the time when we create hierarchies of sin, you ready for this? You're not doing it. Excuse me. You're not doing it because you... You're not even doing it for the other person. You're doing it so you feel better about your own. Absolutely. Because you always can find, well, at least mechanism. I didn't do that. Yep. It's always a defense mechanism <clears throat> to make you feel better about yourself or what you've done. So, 
Uh, bottom line, guys, it's something to mess with and think about. And I think what we can leave them and we can agree on here is, yes, it's serious sin. And yes, there should be, you know, you need to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, repentance is a process. Yeah. It's certainly more than just I'm sorry. Absolutely. And I think repentance is going to show itself in the second week, the first month, the sixth month, the year, the life. That's good, man. I um, like that. But our, our, especially if we're not involved in it, our desire should be love, restoration, yes. grace, mercy. And understand this. What you say, this is so, this just came to me. What you say about these people to around others. So if you're that person that says, I don't know Carl Lance, but I'm going to call on this and that, is also preaching a gospel to the people around you. You get what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And are you showing Christ in how you're responding to this person you don't know and what you're calling them? Mm -hmm. Or are you putting weights on someone and saying, oh my goodness, that's what they did to that guy. I can never tell them about my addiction because they're mm -hmm. going to do the same thing to me. And then what does that end up happening or creating? Well, then we have this frig this friggin' culture. I might as well say it because someone doesn't think I'm going to cuss. It was friggin'. <laughs> Is that, by the way, right there, I'm disqualified in some people's eyes. Um, but right then, because what happens is then we create that culture where it's never about truly confessing sin. It's about hiding sin. Mm. And, and when you hide, when, when you're afraid to confess because people are going to throw you out, you're never going to be able to really overcome it. Makes sense? Because it can never come to light. Mm. There cannot be a limit. I'm going to there cannot be a limit to grace and restoration. There can't be. You can't tell someone they should confess, but then in your mind have created a culture in which if they confess and share, I don't want to do this, I'm doing this, you immediately throw them out. Are you freaking kidding me? Mm -hmm. Why would anybody ever do that? They wouldn't. That's not what the church says. And any, I don't care who you are if you're listening right now, pastor or whatever, because you're going to come at me the other way. You, you, I'm going to trust you know the Bible. Why don't you go read it? There is a story in there of, it believes in Corinthians, where, where a stepson is sleeping with his stepmother. Okay, mm -hmm. and he gets caught, and Paul tells him, "Hey, you need to tell this guy to stop. You need to tell this guy to stop." He doesn't say kick him out immediately. No, he says he needs to stop. This is abomination. Yep. Then eventually, yes, we do find out that he says you got to kick him out. But this is because, like, we got to hand him. He's got to learn what to what what's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Because he wouldn't stop when we brought it up before. But here's the crazy thing: it literally says later on in a different chapter. It says, "It says, hey, you need to bring him back before it's gone too far." Like. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he, you, you gotta, you gotta bring him back. The goal is to bring him back. Yep. Goodness gracious, we need to wake up and see that. But um, <clears throat> for some of you out there that are considering being a pastor because it sounds cool to get up and talk in front of people, hope, hopefully you understand that you know your leeway becomes much smaller. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Ripples are bigger, and I know in all uh, transparency for bias, you know. <clears throat> Guys, I was I was caught in some pretty serious sin seven years ago, eight years ago now. Very young. I could give you all the excuses in the world. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> there are people to this day that probably still say I don't know Jesus, but I can promise you this: I love Jesus with all my heart. I didn't love him in my actions, and I and and it's it's quicksand, man. It's one decision that leads to another, that leads to another. Yep. And before you know it, you're in it. But being on the other side of it, I never stopped. Look, don't. You know, people wanted to tell me that I was a broken cart and I didn't love Jesus. And it's just so ignorant hmm. because I did, you know, but people started to make me doubt that. Yep. Right. Anyway.
Sorry to get fired up, but I think it's I, good. I love it. I don't man. know. We've probably gone to, I, I kind of want to bring the other one up. I know we went long, but I think it's a good point. Mm-hmm. Where are we at here? Fun turn's going to tell us. This show's 58. <laughs> We've already kind of talked about the overarching thing, but so I think it could be quicker. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. Um, this one breaks my heart. You know this. Yeah. So Ravi Zacharias, uh, Christian apologist, not a pastor, apologist. So he went around the world and shared intellectual reasons for the existence of God, existence yeah. of Christ. He debated atheists and other people. He gave intellectual reasons for for the gospel and helped it make sense to people. Um, profound effect on my life. Uh, found him, I don't know how, years and years ago. Profound effect on my life. Um, through Never met him, clearly, but I... Um, Incredible story, too. So he was born in India. Mm-hmm. Parents, you know, were not Christian. Had no reason to be. Came from this incredibly poor area, and Christ found him. It's a crazy story. You could go read it. And for 40 years, he had a ministry where he did this. World, travel the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he died several months ago. I don't really remember. And you probably heard about it, because like uh, many people, Lecrae, Kaylee, McConaughey, whatever... Uh, mm-hmm. Trump's former press secretary, um, Tim Tebow, they all mentioned it. And you guys know I cried the day he died. Um, he really made it. He was like my mentor that I didn't, that I didn't meet. However, yes. <clears throat> um, right before his death, I'm going to read you guys just so you guys know what happened. Some scandals and stuff came to light after he died. That's right. <clears throat> um, so... <clears throat> Man, sorry. I'm trying to find the very first one. Oh, yeah. It's all right, man. So that people understand. I thought I took a picture of it, but apparently I didn't. I have the other ones. Mm-hmm. So what happened was before he died, a few months before he died, a woman came out and essentially had said that he wanted, it came out that her and her husband were asking for $5 million or she was going to go public with a story about how they exchanged nude pictures or she sent him nude pictures. He then filed another thing against her for extortion and came out and claimed that the only thing I ever did, yes, I received a picture. I never asked for it. The only thing I ever did was even allow myself to talk to a woman who wasn't my wife, blah, blah, blah. kind of went away. They settled out of court. She had a non-disclosure though. So she had signed an NDA or whatever it is, uh, non-disclosure form. So mm-hmm. she couldn't talk about it. We didn't hear anything else. Well, once he died, some, a lot of stuff came out. So I'm going to just read this. It's really hard for me um, because I want you guys to be aware. And then what do we do with this? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, supposedly uh, four months after Zachariah's death in May 2023, women who worked at two day spas he co-owned in Atlanta came for alleging that Zacharias had sexually harassed multiple massage therapists. This was after his death. Yeah. Over the course of a, that he did it, at, um, this came out after his death. Over the course of a period of about five years, it is alleged that when at the spa, Zacharias would expose himself every time and would touch himself. Forgive me for this. This is about to be a little more um, vulgar, yeah. guys. So if you don't want to hear that, you need to turn off. But I want to, Zacharias masturbated in front of one of the women more than 50 times, according to recollection. He told her he was burdened by the demands of the ministry and he needed this therapy. He also asked, this is the quote from a from an article. Right. He also asked to have sex with her with him twice. He also asked her to have sex with him twice. She, she said and requested explicit photos of her. 
Um, another woman told, different woman told the same art, uh, reporter, he would touch my leg, which is kind of up by his hand, but then he would run his hand up to the middle of my thighs and into the private area. Another woman recalled Zacharias touched her back, lower back. It seemed friendly, almost comforting. Then he moved his hand down and inside of her pants. Um, his own former business associate came out. So after he died, Zach Ravi Zacharias International Ministries initially denied the claims, but subsequently engaged a law firm to perform an investigation, an outside law firm. Yeah. On December 23rd, 2020, the ministry confirmed that the allegations were true, and this was their report. The interim investigation update indicates that the assessment of Ravi's behavior to be true, that he did indeed engage in sexual misconduct. This misconduct is deeply troubling and wholly inconsistent with the man Ravi Zacharias presented both publicly and privately, to so many over more than four decades of public ministry. We are heartbroken at learning this, but feel it is necessary to be transparent and to inform our staff, donors, and supporters at this time, even while the investigation continues. Uh, then in February 11, 2021, the, internet, the, the ministry team released the results of the investigation, the actual results. Yeah. Concluding there was credible evidence that Zacharias engaged in sexual misconduct. Accordingly, it was found that Ravi Zacharias solicited and received, and this is tough, sexually explicit photos from more than 200 women who were in their early 20s all the way up until a few months before his death in May 2020 at mm -hmm. age 74. Uh, according to investigators, Zacharias also used tens of thousands of dollars of ministry funds, which was dedicated to humanitarian effort to pay for massage therapists, provide them housing, schooling, and monthly support for extended periods of time. Um, <clears throat> some therapists describe Zacharias as setting the women at ease by asking probing questions about their background, including financial struggles or emotionally broken backgrounds. For example, one therapist reported that Zacharias spent the first half of their first massage session asking about her spiritual journey and prior abuse. This set her at ease and made her feel that he cared for her as a person before he later asked to massage her genitals right, right another woman reported he would talk about her career plans and efforts to improve her financial situation while he was massaging her chest she never came forward because she thought quote who would believe me against a famous christian leader mm. some therapists also reported massage therapists also reported that zacharias paid well or would leave large tips and gave gifts that were at times lavish such as a persian rug or a louis vuitton wallet with 500 dollars cash in it One woman told the investigators that after, quote, he arranged for the ministry to provide her with financial support, he required sex from her. She called it rape. She said Zacharias made her pray with him to thank God for the opportunity they both received. Jeez. Yeah, man. And as with other victims, called her his reward for living a life of service to God. The report says Zacharias warned the woman, a fellow believer, if she ever spoke out against him, it would, she would be responsible for millions of souls lost when his, damage, when his reputation was damaged. Um, yeah, it's tough. <clears throat> it's really tough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in this situation, you know, this, it's hard to defend it, man. I was going to say this is, so this is where, and this is why I think we decided to start with Carl and work our way to, to Ravi because yeah. Carl came out and said, I did this. Confessed. Yes. Owned it. Ravi Zacharias did not. Uh, you remember to make me cry, dude. Um, yeah, all the way up. I mean, we don't know his last days, but uh -huh. we know that even up to a few months before his death, he was still receiving mm -hmm. this. That's tough. It is tough. And, you know, we've thought about, you know, I know before you were talking about how, 
and I can't remember. I was actually looking for it before we went on. I just couldn't find it for some reason. But we were talking about, I can't remember, I think it's Paul. And he's talking about people who are preaching Jesus. And he says, leave them be because they're, they're preaching Jesus. You know, it's tough, man, because this is a, this is a man who clearly changed lives. Like you say, like he changed your life. Absolutely. He, he helped you in some He helped things. my faith. Absolutely. You know, um, it's tough. You know, is, was Ravi Zacharias a believer in Jesus Christ? Um, I don't know. Yeah, man. And that's the part that, I mean, I, I, I think you're right on. I defended him. You know mm-hmm. that. I kept telling myself before I knew the details that it's possible. Same thing I just said. We use the David example yep. to say a man could do that, man. You could be caught. Lust is a real thing, right? Flee from sexual morality. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you where I finally had to, even now it's hard for me to say, where I started to go. Like, I want to cry right now. Like, that dude may never have truly he knew who Jesus Jesus was. He may not have known him. That's right. He might have been a, a, just a very big fan, but not because, an follower. And that doesn't take away from the fact that God miraculously used him. Sure. You know, the Bible talks about God using Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament, who was a who was a false, you know, king. Yep. I mean, a, I'm sorry, he was a pagan king <clears throat> for his glory. <clears throat> but for me, if it's true that he told these women to pray with him and thank god for the opportunity they had you absolutely know that's not biblical and that he called them to tell a woman you're my reward for my service is such a gross Mm -hmm. um that's that's to me not even justifying anymore that is twisting that's evil almost yeah and that hurts me that hurts my heart Mm -hmm. um this is interesting one Okay, so I'm not even directly in his life. Okay, yeah. I can only imagine the pain that his mm-hmm. wife, though she who knows what she knew and didn't know. Yeah, his daughter, because I know his daughter was the head of their ministry for a while. For his close associates, I know one of his associates came out and called him the greatest fraud the, this generation's ever known. Um, because after this came out, <clears throat> I tell you this: it hurts me. Mm-hmm. I am, I am, my, I am, I am hurt by what happened. He hurt me and didn't even know me. Mm-hmm. Why did it hurt me? Because he was almost, man, I, again, it was almost like a fatherly thing this where he is, was teaching me stuff. A, the ripple. Yeah, the ripple, exactly. And I'm far away from it. So the ripple closer yes. to it. Um, yeah, it's there's not really a defense here, um, if that stuff's true. Now, here I wanted to read this because I want you to understand why this gets so confusing for us. We're going to assume these things are true. This is yeah. the statement his own daughter who was with him. Because this all happened really fast, his death. Apparently, mm-hmm. he got this rare form of spine cancer, and it was over pretty pretty quick. Yeah. This is her, her quote after his death. Before all of it came out completely, but this was, this came out, her response came out before all the accusations were proven. Right. It says, it was his Savior, Jesus Christ, that my dad always wanted to talk, always wanted most to talk about. Even in his final days, until he lacked the energy and breath to speak, he turned every conversation to Jesus and what the Lord had done. He perpetually marveled that God had taken a 17-year-old skeptic, defeated in hopelessness and unbelief, and called him into a life of glorious hope and belief in the truth of Scripture, a message he would carry across the globe for 48 years. Mm-hmm. His thoughts and conversations in recent years and his final week Weeks were saturated with gratitude for this for this team of evangelists, apologists, and staff that he called family. RZIM, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. He spoke of our evangelist tender hearts and their love for people. Some have said my dad blazed a trail when he began to commend the Christian faith. 
began commending the Christian faith and addressing life's great questions of meaning nearly five decades ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> I tried to find man. his final words because I was curious because sometimes, you know, I, yeah. I get, you want to know the truth, man? I'm, I'm, confess, I'm telling you even now, I didn't want to admit it till just now. Yeah. Even up before the show went, I was looking for final words because I was hoping there was a sign of repentance. Mm-hmm. But there... I don't know. I couldn't find his last words because right. I wanted that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always in the response, man. That's, and that, to me, is the biggest difference between Carl Lentz and Robbie Zacharias, you know? So far. So far. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But. Right. You know? He never admitted it, even, even when caught. Right, because we have to assume at this point that the lady who came with the five million, she was telling the truth, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right, and that's tough, man. You know that that's that's hard to swallow, and this is where you know, I think as Christians we have to be willing to see that, like you said, like it hurts, right? Like mm-hmm. we have to be willing to look at that hurt and see it for what it is, and and I think you said there's like you said I think there. There is good that came from Ravi Zacharias, absolutely. Using just my life, yes. just not even counting the other ones, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Yes. When and I was I, a 19, 20-year-old kid yep. looking for, asking the questions, man, I started by literally typing the questions. I, st- I read Case for Christ, Case for Creator, trying to intellectually find the answers to me, and I found him, and he gave them to me. That's right. And, uh, man, yeah, he changed my life. There was good in it. There was fruit in his ministry. And that's what's crazy. And I think if nothing else points to the goodness of God. I was about to say that. We have to, we ha- if anything, if there's anything to learn, in my opinion, about what we've learned about Robbie Zacharias, is the power of God. The power. <laughs> that's so good, man. Yes, the power of God. To know that this man, again, we don't know Robbie Zacharias. We never will. But we know that God was able to take a man who was not willing to repent from all of his sins up until the moment he died. That's what we know. And he was able to use his entire life to still lead people to Christ. And to... to, Strengthen faith. Absolutely. Oh, there's absolutely people that probably came to Christ because of him. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you listened to that two-minute clip we played right before. Oh, dude, it was incredible. Yeah. And it was truth. And it was truth. I was about to say, it was truth. His, His gospel, this is what's messed up. Mm-hmm. If this he wasn't his gospel presentation, his truth was spot on mm-hmm. theologically, spot on. Yes, he it's 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 uh, he's an interesting case. Like at least said, what he said, yeah. right? Because the things that he was saying were truth. There was no twisting. Nope. There was none of that. You know, and it and it's hard. You know, but it, it always goes back to. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to say this. Um, you know. There's a, to me, there's a difference between. I think we've had conversations like this before. You can go your whole life, you know, preaching the gospel to people, but it's your own actions, your own life that shows if you really are a follower of Jesus Christ. That's so Christ. convicting, dude. And that's you know, so convicting. And you can say all the right things, but it's always in your heart, mm. your heart. And mm. in Ravi Zacharias's heart, did he really believe what he preached? And I don't know that. And based upon his life and what he's what he what has came out, I don't think he did. Mm. And that's tough. And that doesn't mean. And that's why I'm saying the that that shows the power of God too to use a man who I don't think fully believed in him to still help so many people, to help so many of his kids. Yeah, man. You know what's crazy? I'm glad you kind of touched this because I didn't think of it initially. But 
it actually reflects even better on Carl Lentz. Yeah, that's what right? I'm saying. I know you said that. I think yeah. I, I'm sitting here thinking about it even more. Like you look at the two different paths, mm-hmm. okay? And when faced with their sin, we, and that's why we're like, oh, you did it was caught, whatever. Bottom line is, what did he do? What did he do? Yeah. David and Saul. David and Saul. That's what this is. That's actually a really good point, man. Yeah. We did great things. He did amazing things for God. He did. He was chosen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When we break it down, Saul did amazing things. Saul did amazing things for God. He did. But when confronted with his sin, what was his response? And that is the difference between him and David. That is is one of the biggest things that when I read that story... We see. We talked about that. It is. They both did amazing things for God. They both were chosen by God. They both did things. But when confronted with their sin, when when it was when they were caught, what did they do? Yep. 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 I'll tell you this, and maybe this is me. I don't mean to throw one more little. I think you're right on. Yeah. One little like caveat that can mess with you, and then we're not going to really talk about it probably time wise. But maybe it's the me that loves him still. But I hope. But I also think to myself. What saves a man? Mm-hmm. What saves a man? Can a man be so lost in that kind of sin that he can't even, like, can a man know he's a sinner and, and fully rely on Jesus Christ and be unrepentant of a specific sin? Or I don't know, man. Like, well, I think what you're that, You know what I'm saying? That's what gets, well, like, could he have still been saved because he, at the bottom line, knew that Jesus Christ is who he said he was? think that's well question. how do you define that i don't god does <laughs> that's good right i don't and i have to cry like i cling to mm-hmm. maybe he did man i don't know his heart now god's gonna have work you know hey darn it yeah robbie i told you yep but bottom line is you know scripture also talks about that some people will be will be saved but just saved just as and it'll yep. be as through fire meaning it's only because of christ by grace yeah and i cling to that's good, man. Maybe, maybe. Now that doesn't take I, away from from the the damage, yeah, that was caused. I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. And well, here's the thing, man: is I don't think there's anything wrong with that, with how what you're feeling, because you know, one another big thing that I've heard that I think reigns true. I think it becomes Christianese because people don't actually listen to it, but it's true. Is you know, don't you know, don't hate the sin or hate the sin. You know, you hate the sin. You know, but you love that sinner because you because he changed your life. Oh man, I think it gives me. You know, yeah, absolutely, he did and uh, he did good here. That's the thing that sucks too, man. Like, yeah, you for some reason I was reading, and a lot of people are trying to erase the good he did. Mm-hmm. Such an odd concept to me. Yeah, that that for some reason we fill the baby out with the bathwater. That we have to assume that because a man did evil. Okay, and he did, that that means that the good he did wasn't true. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because our minds can't comprehend. But bottom yeah. line is, yeah, from a, you said it from a worldly perspective, I, I don't have hope, but I have hope in this, that it was never Robbie Zacharias' sexual purity that saved him. It wouldn't have been anyway. Mm-hmm. It would have been Jesus Christ. And right. was, now people are going to say, well, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you accept him as Lord, then it will show in your life. You're right. And, I, and I, that's why I said I don't know. I don't know. But let me mess with your head. Let's say out of 10 things, let's say there was, there's 10 things that show yourself in Christianity, mm. you know, in your life. What if, what if he was, what if it showed in nine of the 10? Was mm. it? What if this was one of the, I don't know. I don't know. I'm making excuses. Bottom line is, to me, the thing that gives me big pause is the twisting, right? What, yep. what we talked about and why it's hard for me to, 
for me to come back and go, you know what, that's probably just me being. But I'll tell you this for him too. I sure as heck wouldn't want to die saying, I sure hope it was. You imagine that? I sure yeah. hope I really accepted you mm-hmm. because then it's too late. You're right. Um, so, yeah, man, that's it. Uh, let's pray. Pray for our brothers and sisters. And, you know, in your own life, in your own church, let's create a culture where people can confess sin. Absolutely. That's the only thing we can control. We can't, you know, you know what's messed up? The world is meant to, we want to catch those wolves, right? So we'll throw sheep out. You didn't catch Ravi, even with all of it. Mm-hmm. You didn't catch him. So it doesn't matter what you do, right? It's going to show itself. Like, let's not throw, let's follow what God tells us to do. Mm. Yes, we should handle sin. And yes, if someone isn't repentant, we should, they need to be treated as an unbeliever and they can't be a part of our community. But if they're repentant and if they're walking the steps out, and then let's, let's let them, mm. right? That's and, good, and that I like that. You're not always going to be able to stay in the same position. That's true. That's true. But... I'm also not going to limit what God can do in the life of a repentant person. Amen. Power of God. Because that's a story too, right? That's a yep. testimony. So, I don't know. Great, great topic. Thank you for those that suggested topics. We're going to keep trying to do this yeah, different this weeks. Hopefully the next one will be a little more like a, another topic. This one was kind of sad. But yeah, you know what? I think, it, I think it ends on a good note, man. God is so good. Absolutely. And, and, and Jesus, but Jesus, man. We'd all be in trouble if it weren't for Jesus. Truth. So... Uh, hey, keep praying for Carl Lentz. We never may meet, you may Absolutely never meet him, but Carl. I'll tell you this: I, I I have no reason to not believe. I have no reason to believe he's not a believer right now. Me personally, I don't know mm-hmm. him, and so if that's the case. Then that's my brother in Christ, and I need to pray for him. That's right. And I encourage you guys to do the same thing. We should want to see a success story here. We should want to see a crazy story. Yes. Um, and I think we can take that in our own lives and how we approach stuff and sin. <laughs> Truth, brother. So, um. But also warnings to the leaders out there, you know, understand your ripples affect more than just you because mm, they good. do. I don't know. Just good. thought. Anything else you want to say, man? Yes. Just thank you guys so much. This is such a cool episode. I love this. You know, this is even though this is more of a topical, it's still pretty raw. And I hope you guys appreciate that. And I hope this makes you guys think, you know, I hope this, you know, if this convicts you that you don't turn that conviction into condemnation. That's good. I hope you know that God loves you, that we love you. That, you know, if we push you, it's out of love. It's so you guys can actually live out what you say, you claim you believe if you're a Christian listening. You know, if you're not a Christian, know, know that there is a God out there that created everything and that he loves you. Um, and that's probably hard to understand right now. But uh, if, if you're willing to open your mind even just a little bit, you'll see the incredible, incredible truth of what God is and who Jesus Christ is. Um, other than that, I just love you guys. Thank you for supporting it. Like, share it. Let people know what you liked. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Couldn't anything better, man. You said it beautifully. Love you guys. Appreciate you so much. Hope you got something out of this. If nothing else, you know, we're not trying to tell you what to believe. It's in the Bible. Go find it. It's good. um, And look for it. Don't take our word for it. Go look for it. Um, But, yeah, it it definitely, there's hope, man. Jesus is there, and there's no sin that outdoes. I want to, actually, I am going to leave us with hope. Because I, I marked this verse and I forgot. This will be kind of the last thing I leave you, us with today. Nice. Um, Is it in I, Romans? Yep. <laughs> nice. I had this noted too. Romans chapter 6, guys. I, I know um, Paul says this. He says, but the gift, this is verse 6, six starting uh, verse 15, but the gift is not like the trespass. So if by the one man's trespass the many died, how much 
more have the grace of God and the gift overflowed to the many by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ. And the gift is not like one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses, sins, came the gift, the gift resulting in justification. <laughs> Since by one man's trespass, Adam and Eve, our, our fathers, us, death reigned through one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So then, as through one trespass, there's condemnation for everyone. So also through one righteous act, there's life-giving justification for everyone. And this is so good, guys. Listen, for just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. <laughs> I mean, the law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The sin came along, I'm going to go back, verse 20. This is Galatians, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 6, verse 20. The sin came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. You cannot out-sin grace. Um, God Amen. bless you. So, so cling to that hope. Don't, there's, cling to that hope, guys. That's it. That's all I got. Hope you guys have a great day. Hey, uh, the link is still open. If you have other topics, other situations you want to suggest, not just questions now, mm -hmm. topics, we'll take them. I love um, it. Some of the topics that have been brought up are purity, uh, church leadership, Christian leadership, all kinds of things. Um, you can go ahead and drop that at the uh, using the link www.theremnant.live slash real-talk. Click Boom. and go down to submit. Hit submit, type in your topic, and we will get that. Um, questions, et cetera. We have some great questions that we'll probably, assuming we go live this week, which we think we will in some form at 8.30, mm -hmm. we'll answer those. Other than that, um, let us know what you think about the new uh, new format. I like it. So nice. those I of you that it. gave us the idea and thought through it, thank you so much. We hope you guys have a great day, and truly, God bless you. Mm -hmm.